0: You're listening to Made for Living Well podcast episode number 230 and today we're talking about one of the largest factors influencing your energy, that is your mind. This is the Made for Living Well podcast hosted by Alexa Sherb, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm so glad you're here at the Made for Living Well podcast, which is exactly what I believe about you, that you were made for living well. And I'll probably tell you on every episode this year because I really want you to establish that belief that you were created in health for health. Now, what your definition of health looks like is going to be different from someone else's. I don't want to put everyone in a box and make you feel like that looks like something. But I do want you to know that every person, no matter what you're going through or what stage of life you're in, can feel well and your body is working to establish a picture of health that is you. That is what we're after. At the end of the day, Our lives all end in the same thing. I won't say it here because I don't wanna be negative, but our reality is, is we all have an end. And the purpose of life is not necessarily to overwhelm ourselves with trying to prevent that, but to live the best life that we can while we're here on earth. And that's what I wanna help you do. So today we're gonna talk about one very distinguishing category in the energy field, and that is our mind. Now, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you've gotta go back and listen to it because it gives you the foundation of energy movement inside of the body. And you'll learn in that episode why this one is so important. But let me just give you the statistic quick. 70% of our energy level is controlled by our mind, by our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. That's what's controlling over half, like almost three-fourths of the energy inside of our body is determined strictly based on our mind. And this is a really, really big deal because we know that health is distinguished by energy flow. So if our mind is not in the right place or our mind is not supporting our energy levels, if it's taking away energy or channeling it in an unhealthy direction, man, it's going to be an uphill battle. Like No amount of behavior modification is actually going to help you experience lasting health simply because of this factor. But there are amazing ways and simple ways and profound ways to re-establish your brain to change it and mold it into something that is healthy. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. But before we get into all of that, I do want to make one big, bold statement, and that's you have to sign up for Health Made Simple. Okay, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Health Made Simple is an eight-week live class that I have created that literally walks you through the flow of energy and how to develop that in your own life. We break down metabolism and hormones and the mind and more intricate depth. Plus, we get into other systems of the body and even talk about basics like hydration and movement. All of this builds together to create a picture of health that works for you. And throughout the eight-week course, we make a plan that you can do forever. It's truly this transformation of moving from what health used to be as this static, a systematic quantitative form of health and turns it into something that you can live aware of and work on in your daily life to create a life well-lived because that's what we're after. It's to use health as a means for living, not living for health. So if you haven't heard anything about it or you want to learn more or you just want to sign up, head on over to thelivingwell.com backslash HMS or just click on the Living Well homepage and find Health Made Simple, sign up because a new class is starting in just a few weeks. If you listen to this after sign up is over, get on the wait list so I can inform you of when the next class starts. And while you're waiting, I might have a few things for you. Anyways, sign up over there. But for now, I wanna talk about our mind, our mind and our thoughts and our feelings and what we can do with them. Because I think sometimes we we get stuck in these patterns of just believing everything that goes through our mind and and justifying almost everything that goes through our mind. In fact, sometimes even in the world, we'll hear why we should justify our thoughts or why everything that we feel is justified. Now, I wanna be clear about that because I think we've taken a good thing and we've taken it a little bit too far, right? Yes, I believe that everything we feel or think should be acknowledged, but not necessarily accepted. And the reason that I say that is because what we know about our mind is that it's not always based in truth. In fact, our mind is based in a perspective of what we believe to be true. So there's a lot of influencing factors that come into our thoughts and into our feelings that aren't necessarily actually based in solid truth or absolute truth, which some people would argue isn't even true. But that's where the whole faith and religion component comes in, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But the reality is, is that we cannot justify every single thought and feeling that we have because they're not always true. And justifying them makes them true. It creates a supporting evidence inside of your brain that holds it up as truth. And the reason that's so dangerous is not because I want to diminish what it is that you're thinking or feeling, but simply because what we believe to be true, what we've justified and accepted as truth becomes our action. We act out of our thoughts. So whatever it is you're thinking or whatever it is you're feeling, that generally speaking is how we act the majority of the time. So I know that the health space and a lot of the world is just behavior modification. Modify the actions that we take. And certainly we can do that in the short term or to jumpstart our body. And that's necessary. And we're going to talk about again later on how we can do that. But long term, it doesn't work because if we don't believe or we don't think positively about the action that we're taking, we won't do it long term. Because at our core, how we think and what we believe is the direct relation to how we act, meaning our outcome and our results in our body is just an outcome of what it is that's going through our mind. And so that's why I think it's so dangerous to be careful about accepting and justifying the thoughts and feelings that you have. Certainly, I believe that all thoughts and feelings should be acknowledged and we should be aware of them. But there is a big, big, big difference between acknowledging and accepting or living aware and justifying. One is saying, I'm simply understanding why it is that I'm thinking these things, what it is that I'm thinking. And the other one is saying, this is absolute truth. And when it becomes absolute truth, we always act in that. And again, this is a big deal. Why? Because your mind controls 70% of your energy levels. Meaning what you think is either diminishing your energy flow, causing you to kind of go into panic mode or survival mode where your body starts storing, hoarding, conserving energy in the form of body fat and other things rather than your mind being a place that you can spin more positivity, let go of the threats and live more in this thriving state. And it truly is a perspective of the world around us and what we're encountering in a daily basis. The same is true with food, right? Just because it has a set amount of calories does not mean that everyone's doing the exact same thing with that. So really interesting research has been done on twins and they've given the exact same diet to two different twins at the exact same time, the exact same calorie count, but they found that each person is gonna do something differently with the food that they consume. And most of it is, 70% of it obviously, is based on their perspective of what it is they're eating or at the very least, the perspective of their mind. And so we have to know that just because you calculate it or you can um Measure it does not mean your body is doing with it what you assume it is. And what your body is doing with it is going to be based mostly on your thought patterns because our body, again, is just an outcome of what it is happening inside of our mind. So I, I want us to get outside of this idea of accepting and justifying our thoughts. And I want us to move into a place of, no, we can acknowledge them and become aware of them But before I accept that as truth, before I take action in that, I want to make sure that's truth. So while your mind is the controlling element of your body, it's not necessarily the controlling element of your life. And I don't want to confuse the two because at the core is our soul, which is the overarching control mechanism of our entire life. Our soul and our beliefs change our thoughts and our thoughts change our action, Now, when we kind of fail to foster a healthy soul, when we fail to foster our beliefs or acknowledge our beliefs, we're automatically just acting out of our mind. So our body is a direct relation to what's happening inside your mind. So if you're having thoughts every day that I'm so fat, that I'm unhealthy, that nothing works, guess what? You're going to make actions that nothing works. You're going to support those thoughts with the actions that you take. I'm gonna explain this because this is really, really profound. So if we look at our body, it is our mind or your mind that controls the biological destination of your body. It's going to determine how you digest foods, how you store those foods, how much body fat you hold onto or release, how your hormones are communicating, how you sleep at night, how your body cleanses. Every single function inside of your body is determined by the thought processes happening inside of your mind, both unconscious and subconscious. Now, In our mind, obviously, we're not consciously aware of every single thought that goes through our mind. In fact, we're aware of very little things that are actually going through our minds. But that doesn't mean we can't change our subconscious thoughts by changing our conscious thoughts. And that's really what we're going to talk about. But it's true. Our mind is formulated to keep us alive. And this is a really big point that we need to be aware of, because I think sometimes we just think like our body is against us, or we, we just can't do it, or it's just not in our genetic makeup. No, 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 no. We all have the ability to change. And that's what I love so much about our body. Even our brain is considered like elastic where we can mold it and change it into something different. But our reality is, is that to our body and how we determine what is survival mode and what is thriving mode is going to be based on the perspective of what our mind is thinking about. Well, this is a really great thing, right? Because Most of the time we're living in this unconscious or subconscious mode where we're really not thinking about anything. Our subconscious mind can react so much more quickly than our conscious mind. So like, for instance, you accidentally touch a hot pan, you pull your hand away from that pan, most likely before you even realize that was hot. It's kind of like you pull your hand away and then you're like, oh man, that was hot. Right? So our body has a systematic approach to how it keeps ourselves alive. And most of the time that comes from our unconscious or our subconscious thoughts that thank heavens does the work to help our body respond so that we don't do something stupid or we don't get ourselves hurt. But given this idea that your mind is designed for survival, it also means that our mind has is naturally more prone to see negativity. Because often the negativity or the threats, right, are negative. So therefore, in order to keep yourself alive, we tend to be a little bit more aware of the negative situations that happen in and around us. You can say some people say you have to have 10 positives for every one negative. That's truly because our mind is so aware and more easily focuses and fixates on the negative things as a means for survival. Now, again, this can change, and the more comfortable and safe your body feels and your mind has to rest, I like to think of it as the more grounded you can make your mind into some solid beliefs and some hope, um, the less likely it is to run to the negative. So you will see the negative, you'll experience the negative, but you won't necessarily fixate or land on the negative like you would if you're just cycling in this place of kind of fear and anxiety and overwhelm. So if you're there right now, I don't want you to be discouraged, but I want you to know that you can move to a place of positivity, but it does take time to build that trust within your brain. So yes, your body is going to be very aware of the negative things, and I feel like I'm still here But the tips that I give you at the end, we're going to help you move beyond that. So not every little negative thing has control and power over your mind because we don't want to constantly act out of the negative or believe the negative or have our mind fixated on the negative. Because if we are, then we're always going to be having a biological response of survival, which we know is store, hoard, and conserve, not a place that we want to be. So we truly do have to retrain our brain to act more in the positive or to pay attention or to feast on the positive. It's always going to notice the negative, but we don't have to feast on the negative. And that's where I want us to make this switch and those changes, hopefully, or these recommendations will hopefully help you do that. So I think one of the best ways to understand this is to understand how your mind builds a thought. Because if we can understand how our mind is doing this or how our brain is building thoughts, then we can understand how to kind of hack into that system so that we don't let these thoughts spiral out of control or become like a snowball where they get bigger and bigger. Or on the flip side, we can use this, the, the how our brain builds thoughts and use it to build up things that are good, things that we want. So. I think one of the fascinating things about our mind is the way that it does build thoughts. So basically, everything that we encounter in a day, our mind is filtering through, our brain is processing through. The things that capture our attention are the things that come into the conscious. So in order for it to come into the conscience, it has to capture enough of our attention and to be strong enough to have some supporting evidence behind it to make our brain believe that it's true. So think about in a day like how many things you don't even pay attention to. Like even sometimes when I'm driving, I'm like, wow, how did I end up here, right? Like you don't even really necessarily always pay full attention to where you're going. It's just kind of that subconscious behavior. Luckily, again, we have those subconscious actions to keep us safe, like hitting the brake if we need to. But we do that, right? We we live so much of our life in these rhythms and routines that we don't even really aren't even really consciously aware of, but we're doing it. But the things that capture our conscious attention are things that have enough supporting evidence to make our brain believe that they're true or at least worthy of capturing our attention. And the way our brain builds thoughts, you can think of like scaffolding or like little Legos, it builds, it wants to build some kind of structure or foundation for our brain to rest on. And in order to do that, it has to start developing and gathering this tools or these scaffolding in order to build this structure. So just because it's a thought, a thought without structure has no meaning in your brain, and it's nothing. It has to have some kind of structure. So in order to build this structure, when, you're, when something captures your attention, your brain is going to go to work to try and get supporting evidence to believe that thought. So it's gonna to start to build something up in your brain. So let's say you um, capture a glimpse of yourself in the mirror, right? We all do this from time to time. Um, and hopefully this one resonates with all of us, right? You capture a glimpse of yourself in the mirror. Obviously, that was enough to capture your attention and it starts to build up a structure or a support system to make that thought be true inside your brain. In order to do this, your brain's gonna start pulling from past memories, it's gonna start pulling from experiences, it's gonna start pulling from things that are happening right now, and it's gonna start to make assumptions or make a perspective about what it is you're thinking about your body. So you might capture a glimpse inside your of your body and the mirror and automatically your body's going to go back in its filing cabinet of stored memories and beliefs. And it's going to start to pull in that time that kid in third grade called you thunder thighs or that time that you stepped in the scale and you felt defeated, or it's going to start to pull all those things in. You're not necessarily thinking about them, or they don't automatically come to your attention, but that's the structure that builds this thought. And the more supporting evidence that thought can have, the bigger it's going to become and the more you're going to focus on it, right? The bigger the problem is. It's gonna take energy, it's gonna take supporting thoughts, it's gonna take past memories, it's gonna take what you're experiencing right now, and it's gonna build up this idea inside of your brain that captures your attention. Now in that moment it captures your attention, we have the choice. Do we continue to support that by giving attention or do we acknowledge it and put it to rest? Now what you choose to do with the thoughts that you have is the critical element that we have so much control over and changes the outcome of where we go, right? Our thoughts become our actions, but only if we choose to believe the thought. And this is why I wanna be very careful about justifying and accepting all thoughts as true or accepting what it is that we're feeling. Because just because we feel it doesn't mean that it serves us, doesn't mean that it's beneficial, doesn't mean that it's true. And accepting all things as true, as valid, is a really dangerous game, and it automatically starts to retrain your brain in whatever direction you're going. So if you feel like you started to have negative thoughts, more than likely, you're going to have more negative thoughts. Our brain naturally transitions, and even every cell in our body, based on the the most common emotions that you're feeling. So if you're feeling more negative, your mind is going to be more accustomed to negativity, meaning it's going to be easier to build negative thoughts and a lot harder to come up with anything positive. Positive is gonna be kind of outside the norm. Even our cells are gonna have a harder time picking up positive emotions because it's built more receptors for negativity. But it doesn't mean you have to stay that way. And that's what's really important about acknowledging your feelings and your thoughts, being aware of them, but not justifying them. Because as soon as we justify that thought, as soon as you get a glimpse inside the mirror, you have that brief moment where you think, wow, I'm so fat. If you accept that thought as true, your body will act in it. It will become bigger. You will give attention to it. You will expand on it. And therefore, it will become a, co- a common denominator in your life, something that you can't escape. It's going to run through. It's like a, uh, I like to think of our thoughts as like little strands that create this rope that's your life. And every little thought that you accept as true becomes another strand in that rope. And it's intertwined into every single thing that you do. It's not just that moment in the mirror. But you have to understand that as soon as you accept it as true, it infiltrates every aspect of what you do throughout your day. But we have a choice. We don't have to believe it. You could have a brief moment where you say, wow, I I feel fat, right? Or I look so fat. But you could automatically stop that and say, no, I'm not going to believe that. I might not be where I want to be. I might not look the way that I want to look. I might have fat, but that does not make me fat, right? You start to stop those negative thoughts and you transition them with truth. You make them go away by forcing truth in because our mind only wants to focus on what it believes is true. Now, unfortunately, we've justified a lot of thoughts that are not true and made them true in our body. But if something isn't true, our mind will get rid of it. It does not support lies. And that's why we can't lie to ourselves. Like, if we don't believe something is true, we, our body is not. We can't like trick our body into believing things that we ultimately don't believe is truth. Truth is the only thing that stands. Now, what's fascinating about this, and another way to back this up, right, is if you're believing something about your body, but you're not really sure if it's true, your mind's gonna start to push you to maybe crave supporting evidence to keep that supported. So let's go back to this idea that you are fat, like you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, man, I'm so fat or I'm never gonna lose this weight. You start building supporting evidence throughout your day to continuously support that thought. This is why what we do in the little actions and the space throughout the day, what we choose to read, what we choose to watch, all of that is supporting whatever is going on in our mind. So if throughout the day you capture a glimpse of yourself in the mirror, I'm so fat, you believe that is true, now it's gonna continuously create supporting evidence to maintain that structure. So you might slide on those jeans, and you might be like, nothing looks good on me, these jeans make me look fat. Then you're going to eat some M&Ms later because you've already assumed, well, I am fat, I'm never gonna get better, so I might as well eat the M&Ms. Those, eating the M&Ms, that's supporting the thought that you are fat. Not working out is supporting the thought that you are fat. Not being intimate with your spouse is supporting the thought that you are fat, right? All these little actions that we do throughout the day are supporting what it is that we believe. If we want to change our beliefs, we have to make the choice to do that. But we also have to stop giving our body supporting evidence that that is true, And as soon as our body no longer has the evidence that it needs to support that thought, it vanishes. When it doesn't have the structure to stand, it goes away. And that's where our power is. And this is what's so amazing to me is that it's the little things of being aware of what you're thinking, acknowledging that, but determining, does this serve me? Is this helpful? And is this helping me get to where I need to go? If you can't answer yes to all three of those questions. It's not a thought that's valid. In fact, it's a thought that's keeping you stuck, keeping you playing small, and not allowing you to truly live your life and live out the intended purpose of your life. So you can kind of see how all of this is interwoven together, right? Like each thought is a tiny little strand and a big old rope that is your life. But in order to maintain that strand, we have to have all of this supporting evidence. That's why who we hang out with, our environment, the movies we watch, the things that we read, all of that is in support or is going to support whatever it is that you're thinking about. So it is really important to be aware of those things. But again, you don't have to stay that way and you don't have to continuously reassure those negative thoughts that are going on in your brain we can decide what's true and what's not, what's supportive and what's not. And I wanna give you a few tricks to maybe help you do that. I think for me, the best way that I was able to actually understand and become aware of my thoughts was to kind of see myself outside of my mind. Now I know that sounds really weird, but maybe if you just like close your eyes right now and I want you to see your, like uh, yourself inside your brain, like think of it as like a little guy on your shoulder, right? <laughs> I don't want it to sound crazy. Um, And you might think I'm going crazy. I don't know. But I like to think of it as like, okay, you're just like basically separating yourself outside of your mind. It's like you're going to get yourself outside so you can look on the inside. Because what we know is like when you're in it, you can't necessarily see it, right? When you're in it, you're so overwhelmed by it. And it looks so true. It looks so good that you just believe it. But when you can step outside your mind and you can get the full picture, you can start to make better assumptions and make better perspectives on what it is that is true or what isn't true, and then you can start to take action. So the first thing that I want you to to know is that you are not your mind. Your mind is a part of you. It's designated for survival. Survival. But that does not make up who you are. Your beliefs are who you are, but your mind is not. So you don't have to believe everything your mind thinks. In fact, we shouldn't. Our mind is not always serving us in the most positive ways, but we can get it there. So the first thing again is get outside of your mind. You have to know that you have a mind, but you are not your mind. I consciously think about this all day long, right? Like if I'm getting angry or frustrated, I'm like, okay, take a step back, right? Take a step outside of my mind. What is going on? What what really is the root cause? Because I think when we're so far inside of our mind, we can only see the exact moment, right? Like we're up close and personal to the very last thing that happened that made us angry. But generally speaking, that's not always truly the root emotion. So when you can get outside of your mind, you can kind of see more of the overall picture of that. So get outside your mind and take a look on the inside. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. The second thing that I want you to do is I want you to hold that thought, whatever it is that you're believing, up to more of absolute truth. This is where the soul or what I believe is like faith and spirituality comes into the picture because for me, I believe the Bible is like the absolute truth. And I think that's really, really important for most people to have something like that um, because we can then start to hold our thoughts up to what is true. We can start to say, is this what God would say about me? Is this, is this true, right? Or is this made up? Is this some formulated version of uh, the sinful world? So we can start to hold that up to what is true, what it is that we believe about ourselves, and really, we can hold that thought up to where we wanna go. If this was the healthy version of me, is this what she would say about herself? Is this what she would believe? I doubt it, right? Like, think of yourself in that healthy, energized, hopeful, um, joy-filled person. Like, would she be ridiculing herself in the mirror? No, right? Because at the end of the day, what does that thought serve anything about where we want to go? It only stops you in your tracks and makes you remember who you're not. It creates all sorts of problems that then you have to go in a chase and a pursuit to fix. That is not the reality, and that is not how health should work. So hold your thoughts up to what it is you believe and understand, is this valuable? Is this true? And is this my purpose in life? If it doesn't serve you, reconsider it, right? What do your beliefs say about you? What are some healthy beliefs that you can have? And honestly, this is where you have to go back into understanding what it is that you believe and maybe... For some people, that's like tapping back into spirituality or getting to know God again or, or, or whatever it is. But really, it's such an integral part of everything about health that we cannot miss over that. You can go to The Living Well to get all kinds of articles that I've written on my personal journey through this. It matters more than anything. And that's because we have to hold our thoughts up to what we believe. We only act out of what is true. And if it's not true and it's not healthy— we have to stop acting out of it. We have to stop believing it as true. So hold it up to your belief. The third thing is we have to start to learn to release things. We have to start to learn to let go of things. And this is probably one of the hardest but most profound changes that you can make inside of your mind. Um, And I think it's made easier when we can kind of step outside of our mind and recognize what's going on inside of our mind. But then we have to be able to come and say, I don't have to believe that and I don't have to hold on to that. You know, I think we've been led to believe that we have to hold on to and store everything, right? Like we're kind of hoarders of thoughts and emotions and memories. But the reality is, is that as soon as we start to store things, we're constantly acting out of them. So we have to be very careful about what we're storing because what we're storing always is creating supporting evidence for our thoughts, So if you constantly feel like you cannot get out of the cycle of building negative thoughts about yourself, it's because you have a ton of stored memories, a ton of stored emotions in the past that you're acting out of. And one of the best ways and why I'm such a proponent of therapy is digging that stuff up and getting rid of it. Like we have to get rid of the junk that we constantly cycle ourselves through that holds us back so that we can make space for truth. We can only have space. We can only receive truth when we have space for it. So get rid of some of that junk. Get it out of your life if it doesn't serve you. And a lot of times we do need someone to help guide us through that. And that's why I love therapy and counseling. But honestly, sometimes you can just do some of this stuff on your own, right? Like the next time your kid makes you angry, like, or the next time someone cuts you off in traffic, is that worth it? letting you have negative thoughts. Is that worth taking energy to be angry about? Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that I feel frustrated. I'm going to acknowledge that I feel angry. This is where we acknowledge it because we we don't wanna diminish it because diminish it makes it go suppressed, right? We don't wanna push it down. We don't wanna shove it away. We don't wanna pretend like we're not feeling those things. You're feeling them and they do deserve to be acknowledged, but acknowledged and justified are two different things. Then I want you to think, okay, I feel this way, but I'm not going to let it get the best of my day. I'm not going to choose to hold on to this. I'm going to let it go. And you actively just make that choice to like take a deep breath in and let it out. And it sounds cheesy and it sounds like not enough and it sounds too good to be true. And there's all kinds of assumptions that you can make about that statement alone. But we have to be people who choose to let things go, good and bad. Experience it, acknowledge it, but let it go. Because the more we can let things go, the more that we can truly be filled in truth and in love and health and happiness and all the things that we need. But if our past filing cabinets are full of all kinds of filth and junk and negativity, it is going to be really hard to get yourself out of that cycle. I know firsthand, but the moment you start just kind of taking those filing cabinets, and I don't want to think like, don't, I used to just take like little files and throw them away. I want you to take the whole dang filing cabinet and chuck it outside of your brain and say, this does not serve me and I do not need to hold on to this. It is only holding me back. Get rid of that junk and allow yourself to fill it up. And then every day in the little things, just choose to release things. And the more you get in the habit of releasing little things, the bigger things you'll be able to let go of too. It's not to say you can't acknowledge them. You're feeling them. You're acknowledging them. You're thinking about them. But if they don't serve you, don't hold on to them. Number four is come from the place of peace and positivity and hope. Like don't come at life from this form of negativity. And I found myself here and I wondered why I could never be a positive person. Like I just started to assume that I was just a negative person. But when you start to come at life with the assumption of positivity, with the assumption of hope, um, with the belief that it's there, you can actively start to see that the negative thoughts don't serve you. I know this is hard to do in a a pandemic, right? And in a world that feels like it's going crazy. But if we come out the world as crazy, we're going to assume everything is crazy. And that's what our mind is going to focus on. If we want to start to focus on the positivity, we have to start to get our belief system wrapped up in the fact that there is something to be positive about. Like, I don't want you to discount pain. And we certainly will feel negativity still. But what you do with this is going to determine how your body acts. And what you do is gonna be based on the perception of which you came into the environment, the perception of which you come into this place that you're living. And I want your natural response to be more positive. And in order to do that, we have to train our body to do that by coming into situations with a positive perspective up front. And the fifth thing that I can tell you is that actions solidify what you believe. Just because you think it, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stick. Our actions make things stick. It makes it true. And so as soon as you take a thought and you take action on that, you have energized that thought. So again, going back to the thought in the mirror of, I'm so fat, right? You slide on those jeans, and again, you look in the mirror and you solidify that. And then you kind of give up, right? You you took action by putting on a pair of jeans that didn't make you feel good, which solidified the thought that you were fat, right? It almost justified it. So your actions justify your thoughts, making them true. And as soon as you put action in it, you give it energy, which makes it a bigger problem and it's harder to get rid of. So I want you to think about this in the good thing. I don't want you to think about, oh, how many actions I justify in the negative. I want you to think about how many positive actions you take that override the negative belief. So you might look at yourself in the mirror and think, man, I'm so fat, You're gonna try and put that thought to rest. You're not gonna let that go. And instead of sliding on jeans that you don't feel good in, put the pants that you do feel confident in and then go do something for your health. Go drink a big glass of water. Go eat a healthy breakfast. Go uh, laugh with your kids. Do something positive to reinforce the idea, to give yourself energy, that while you might have felt like you've been fat, while you might have extra fat, that does not mean you are fat, and that does not mean that it has to sabotage every area of your life. Do something positive. Take action in the positive way, and that action will give you motivation, and it will give you energy to reiterate the positive thought. And the more you can get yourself into the cycle, the more you will create supporting structure for positive thoughts, which support those positive beliefs, which will then eventually become a way of life. Now, how long this process takes is determined by how long you've been in the negative sphere, right? The more negative you've been, it's gonna take a little bit longer to get yourself more positive. But you will be amazed as soon as you start releasing stuff and getting rid of things at how easily it is to kind of start to breathe a little bit deeper, start to have a little bit more joy, start to smile a little bit more. But the real kicker is, is just because you're changing does not mean your environment is. And this is a hard thing. Just because you're changing your mind does not automatically mean your environment is more positive or more healthy. And I don't want you to think just because you think positive means more positive things are naturally going to happen to you. It could be the case. You're definitely going to see more positive things, but I don't want you to get discouraged. You have to stay with it and stick with it. Sometimes it takes a while for your environment to catch up with the changes that are happening inside of your mind. And so just constantly keep working on this and keep making it a valiant effort to know that you don't have to believe everything you think. And we shouldn't. Our mind is not reliable, but you can create a life founded in truth and you can change the outcome of your life simply by acknowledging what it is you're thinking, being aware of that, and choosing what you should do with that. Does it serve you? Is it helpful? Is it healthy? If it's not a yes to all three of those things, let it go. Get rid of it and move forward. Like, don't wait to feel it or think yourself into it. Get outside of your mind and start releasing things. You will be amazed at the changes you experience. One last thing before we go, because I also experienced this when I started changing my brain and going through counseling and really trying to retrain things, is that I found that in some level, the places that I hate were really safe. Like I didn't like it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to believe that I was fat, but on some level, the fat felt safe, right? The, the, the negativity felt safe. The pain felt like I could handle that. Sometimes whatever has been our norm becomes our comfort. And while we want to leave it, we still come back to it because that really has been a comfort, right? Like why we, we know that people who've been abused ought, um, generally go back to their abuser. Why? Because even though it's painful, there's still a safety to it. And sometimes we don't believe that the good can be just as safe. And so we have to remind ourselves that not only do we want to think more positively to get out of where we've been, but that the positive can be safe and it can be good and it can last. Some of us don't even have an idea, and this is where I was, that you can be positive and positive is an intended design of the body. Like, God didn't want us to suffer. Yes, suffering is going to happen as a part of living on this earth and pain is here. But that's not his goal with us. His goal was to help us live good lives. That's why he says, in all things, he will bring the good. And we have to believe that that in the good, the good can last and the good can stay. Even if painful and hard things come, the more apt we are to train our brain to be positive, the more positive we will see those hard things. So we have to put the work in. We have to do this. It really, really, really does matter. And like I said, get outside of your mind, be aware of what it is that you're thinking and put that up to truth. The third thing is, is release stuff that does not serve you. Release what isn't true. Come from a place of positivity and solidify that with healthy action. This stuff matters. And I hope that was really, really helpful for you. I think the first step is, is just get outside of your mind and see the bigger picture. Just constantly let yourself do that. And the more this will build, and the more you'll start to see a new perspective, which will change the entire outcome of your life. So I hope that was helpful. Over on the blog, you can find all of the show notes to this episode at thelivingwell.com backslash 230. Inside those show notes, I'm also gonna be digging into emotional energy a little bit more and talking about some of the emotions we should put more emphasis on um, and some of the ones that are maybe stealing more of our energy so we can have a better idea of that. So make sure you go to the show notes. It's gonna be a little bit different from what you learned here, but you have the heart of the information and now it's time to take action. Do something with this, and then let me know how it goes. As you know, I am always here for you, 100% of the time. You can contact me at thelivingwell.com, send me a message on social media, or just send me an email at alexa at thelivingwell.com. I'm here for you. This is what this is about, a community of like-minded people who are looking to achieve health and create a life well-lived. And that's what we're here to do. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Made for Living Well. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family if you found it valuable. And let other people know about this show. Okay, I will be back next week with another episode here at Made for Living Well. Love you guys, bye.